Barber College Success. Brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy, JC, Crown Cuts Academy, Bristol, and Craig's Crown Cuts, downtown Johnson City. Spreading the love the JC way, but spreading love is the only way, and it's the Crown Cuts way. Back at you with a special episode today, dropping some jewels, letting you earn the crown on this big episode. We're going broad, broader than Broadway, coming at you live and direct in the studio. First, introduce my host, and then our new host, and we are, and our guest, my, my host of it, he's, his fingers are going faster than <laughs> I don't know what. He's <laughs> trying to figure it out, man. We're something we're missing. We're something we got to figure out, and we need to we need to make a change, man, because this industry is getting disrespected, and I want it, I want it to stop. Hey, okay, well, introduce yourself. Oh, I'm in my fields. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the great complainer. <laughs> I'm here to try and figure out how we can do this better, and if you can do it better. Ooh, a segue into a great episode today. For sure, yeah. If you can do it better, let us know, man. We want to yes. do it better. If you have an idea, sometimes it's the, new, the newer barbers, got the, they got it figured out. They Jordan, do. Jordan got it figured out. I wouldn't say I got it figured we out. Gotta, <laughs> we we, we got to figure out what we need to do better. Let us know how you can do better. Well, the, our co-host, I, 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 you know, let him introduce himself. Um, Jordan Let's, Barr, man. Jordan Barr underscore 32 on Instagram. Or 32, I said 52. Excuse me. I'm sorry. JB Jordan. Jordan, what are you doing? You can't be messing no, up. No, I'm sorry, man. You got to keep. No, I'm I got to make like an actual. Like, uh, what's it, what's it called? Itinerary? Yeah, like so for, you, for the beginning of uh, every podcast, so I could just come out with it like that. Be consistent with it. Uh, hey, man. Piece of paper? But a po- <laughs> the, the good thing about a podcast, it has to be raw. You just can't be too consistent because then you form a, a rhythm and, and people don't want that. People want it raw, uncut, but they just want the truth. I usually come in and, and like, uh, there's a copy place right on the same strip that I hit and I write down. I just jot down ideas real quick. Oh. Nothing formal. Just write it down. And get some espresso. A and double I, shot. I get some. Or whatever's also the special they got. They're fire. I don't like Shout out to Scott, though. Ah, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, I, and I guess our special guest been on the show before two times is three times. Wow. Uh, Norman Howard, uh, just a pleasure to be here in Johnson City, downtown Johnson City, the hills of East Tennessee. The rolling hills. The rolling hills yes, of East sir. Tennessee. I got to tell everybody out there, it's one of the most beautiful places in the U.S., so oh. you got to visit. Got a lot of love here. I think I think Johnson City need to give us uh, something because we, we talk about Johnson City before every episode. Is that right? Yeah, before every episode. Yeah. So we're giving Johnson City so much love and spreading the the worldliness of Johnson City. I wonder how many people have visited Johnson City because of the podcast. Or who will in the future? You don't know. I keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and he ain't even from here. I mean, so. I mean, Southwest Virginia, East Tennessee. I don't know, man. This is like <laughs> <laughs> most people are like they they, they they draw that line pretty pretty bold when they talk about yes, it. Yes, sir. Shout out to our sponsor, Colossal Brand. And shout out to our top twenty five ranking in the in the, um in the podcast industry, wow. podcast world. From Feed Spot. And am I your favorite spot? Madagascar. <laughs> we going, we going, we going, we going. We coming, we coming. But we got a big episode for you today. Um, we're going to talk about professional image. But before am I, he he was talking about this book before he even got on this podcast. Talk about the book. The book. Oh. And what does it say? What's the title of the book? Uh, the title of the book is um, Start With Why by Simone Sinek. Cynic, I think it's his last name. Anyways, it's just basically talking about why you're doing things, and it gives a tons of uh, tons of examples of, of why what, of companies that have had all the resources in the world but weren't successful just because you know they didn't have a legit they they weren't doing it for a reason they were doing it just to you know either get money or 
you know so what's your why like craig always says what's your why uh one of the, my favorite example was like starts off in a book uh this guy named albert santos dumont right uh he was commissioned by the government to figure out how to how to get airplanes how to fly mm. airplanes so he had he had a lot of powerful friends he had all the money in the world best scientists working for him and then two bicycle shop mechanics found out how to fly a plane before he did wow in kitty hawk mm. north carolina he flew a plane wilbur and overwrite Wow, and he was a failure. The guy was a failure. Had all the resources he could, but they were they were doing it because they genuinely wanted to know how to fly a plane, and they inspired so many people. So if you're not, if your why isn't inspirational, if your why is a selfish reason, just for money, just just for money, just for fame, just for just for the even, likes on Instagram, yeah, like we talk about opening a barbershop, people do all that for the wrong reasons. Right? You, well, you open a shop for what? Because because you think you can do it better or or you want you think you're going to make a whole lot of money that's if that's if that's your foundation like the like the bible says if you're building your foundation on the sand it ain't going to work <laughs> i think the word that really goes with that is passion if you got passion for what you're doing and uh, you just love it you you're going to be successful without question i think most successful men i think that's what separates them is is their obsessiveness it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a um and it's passion you're right but they they are obsessive over it that they want to make it happen by any means necessary and that and it's not about the money they don't care about the money. and right. it's funny you say that because when and i've said it before on the show when i started the barbershop i never thought about the income i never thought about what type of money i was going to make my whole focus was just to kind of meet people network and just have a good job that's gonna make me happy i didn't think it was gonna be i never thought about it being this elaborate just like million dollar industry and me having the biggest car, the biggest house, those things I don't even want. <laughs> I feel so inspired now after reading this book because honestly, um, I, 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 Craig, I've told Craig this. I'm like, Craig, man, I really just don't value money. I've said that to you. Right. I think, I, I, and I felt it was like a downfall, like in this industry. No. That, that was, I honestly, I genuinely felt like that because, you know, and, and I feel like if I'm not handling my money right, of course, you should handle your money right. We've talked about <laughs> economics and, and making smart decisions, but I genuinely just don't value money, and I think that is because I just genuinely love what I do, and I want to I want to do it to my best of my ability. I remember I was working in a shop when I was in a barber shop, <clears throat> and one of my friends, his ringtone was money, 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 money. <laughs> Mon- and it used to kind of irk me. It used to kind of irk me, and I was just like, why does that irk me? I don't know. I didn't underst- understand why, and I one day I put him to the side and I'm like, hey, if he is, fo- I didn't know why I told him that. If he is focusing on money, it's not going to come like that. It's like chasing a tail. Yes. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. We all want nice things and we want to be in a certain place. And the tool that's going to get us there is money, financial literacy, financial freedom, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. But if your whole focus is just try at any cost just to get that, I, I think you're going to, you're going to drive yourself crazy. It's going to get some, some mental hardship there. Yeah, and it sounds cliche because there's, people say there's, there's never enough money. But, um, and it's, I mean, if, if, you, if you got you know, a million dollars, you want $20 million, and then and you, got, you want $20 million, you want $100 million, and then you get around the, the crowd that you think you want to be around. You get around these rich people that have more than what you have, and then it continues the never-ending cycle. You know, they do, you got an island. I need an island. It depends on who you're around, you know what yeah. I mean, because there's – terrible people who are poor and they're good people who are poor mm-hmm. so there's going to be good people who are rich and there's going to be terrible people who are rich so I guess it depends on you. what do you think Jordan I the camel Craig yep <laughs> I the needle I the needle camel I mean if it was me honestly uh, money's not that much important after 
after you get like a certain amount, you if you don't have any reason to have it in the first place, then you're just gonna be unhappy in general. So that's what I means like if you don't have nothing, if you get the money, you don't have anything to put it to or share it with, then it's just. Well, I think I think the thing not to forget too is uh, money's just a tool. You know, it's a tool for getting things done. And for the uh, profession that you gentlemen are in, it's really about servant leadership. You're about serving uh, the people who come into your shop. Um, but the broader perspective of uh, looking around and seeing individuals in need. Right. And, uh, you know, as a, as a client, a person comes in, I want a place that's nice and comfortable and easy. I want a little respect. And, uh, you know, I want to see some guys that are, that are uh, dressed well, et cetera, because what? They're messing with uh, the thing that stands out most on my head, my line. hair. Yep. My That's hair. such yeah. an accurate thing that you said, too, because I know your barber, if, if your barbers, you've walked around, you know, a grocery store or something, you see a dude's hair, and you're like, that guy needs me. <laughs> <laughs> he needs me. I'm looking at Mitch right now. I'm looking at Mitch's beard. Mitch needs one of us. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mitch. Shout you do a good to, job. Shout out to Mitch. Mitch yeah. does a fire job. Who gets it done. He's, he's a part-time barber. <laughs> I think to remember, too, uh, it's not just the client that sitting in that chair it's his or her partner or wife because my wife is very very attuned to my haircut yes. she'll, she'll make me come in and turn around and look and hey that's right or, yeah you're going back to that barber <laughs> no you're not you're not going I've back i've heard that a lot i've had so many people come in and tell me but yeah give her whatever she wants that's all i need to hear well i'll add to it i had my wife saying i'm going to the barbershop with you i go <laughs> Man, <clears throat> but segueing to our point, which is a great point you just made a, a minute ago, um, Norman. Today's episode is about professional image, and everything we just talked about just preludes to just being a professional. What is professional image? Well, I, I think uh, professional image uh, obviously starts with uh, your own personal care. Um, I mean. <laughs> I'm going to look at your haircut, your beards first, and mm -hmm. if it's neat and clean, then it tells me that, hey, you're taking <coughs> care of yourself, and I think you can take care of me. Um, but that professional image is from top to bottom. Yes. Um, yeah, a nice, clean dress. In other words, if you're wearing a smock, make sure it's clean. Make sure it's, it's straight. You know, Don't be wearing them from another day. And it may be that halfway through the uh, your day, you have to change a smock, given given what you're doing. But I look for those things. I mean, and how you get those things is forming healthy habits. Yes. Healthy habits help you get to that point to have professional image. Because if you don't have healthy habits, you're not going to be consistent. And professional image is all about being consistent. I was thinking about professional image almost in reverse, like uh, the image of professional. Like if you are, if, if you are not in shape, why would I want you to be my trainer? Right. If you're a barber, your hair doesn't. You don't. Your hair don't look good. You don't dress nice. Why would I want you as my barber? And 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 believe it or not, there are a lot of people who don't understand it, who don't understand what it means, or don't have a clear idea. It's the same guy with the the ringtone with the money, 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was one. He was one. He was one. But um, I, I had someone working for me before, and I I mentioned to her, I was like, "You at the front, and I need you to dress real professional and." have a really close when you, when people come in the first pe person they see is you and you just have a really just professional mature image and she looked at me and said what is that and and in so many words without insulting her cuz she's like what do I, what I have on now what do you think and it was hard for me just to orate that to and be like hey 
Well, so the easiest thing for me to do, I said, go to a doctor's office and look at someone who's at the front desk. And then we'll have a conversation. You know, and also it's like some people look at a professional image as almost um, they feel they feel it makes them feel almost uncomfortable because their view of professional is almost like a position of authority. And it makes them uncomfortable sometimes. And just like we had the conversation with the, the guy at the school where he got almost offended when we right. mentioned wearing a tie. I don't need to wear a tie. I'll be I'll be me. That's well, a, you can well, still be you. I think he took it the wrong way. He did, but he, he took offense to it. Why? I, and I, and that's what made me upset because oh, yeah, I was you, you was heated. But I was I was because <laughs> you know we're just trying to educate. We're not trying to manipulate. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're not trying to make anybody listen and do something a certain type of way. You we might tell you say you do one way and you do it another way and it works for you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But we're just trying to give you educated information from Craig's experience, my experience, Jordan's experience, brother right here's experience to because it's life it, everything nothing new under the sun. No. What's happened will happen again. Can't reinvent the wheel. It's all what's been written what's what you know now has been written down thousands of years ago even it might have it might have dried up or mm. burnt up but it's been it's happened yeah and i I, th- I think uh in addition to the image it's uh what comes out of your mouth initially mm. you know uh using uh what we call uh, the king's english in a good way and a uh, nice smile that mm-hmm. that starts with it and uh that gives me that comfort as i'm coming in that professional image well i have to make it i have to make a confession because uh just the other day i was you know talking to my wife and and I had said something. Uh, this girl, my son, had, had made a, a comment about thirty dollars was too much for a haircut. And at, at the same time, I was paying ten dollars for a <laughs> ticket to park somewhere. And I was like, thirty dollars isn't a lot for a haircut because I just paid ten dollars for this ticket. Just this little red ticket I paid to park here, ten dollars. <laughs> and and uh, the way I said it, I said it to speak to him. But to her, it, it might have sounded like I was speaking to her, like give, complaining about how much is the park. Uh-huh. So people's <clears throat> people's impression or how they interpret what you're saying right. is how they're going to feel about you. You know, that's a, that's a great thing. And uh, you hit upon something just very briefly. It's about tone. It's not it's not only about what you say, but it's your tone. Is it ingratiating or is it uh, threatening or offending? Yeah. And, and I didn't say anything that was intended for her or said anything that I meant to be uh, aggressive, but her just catching that snippet might next time she sees me she might and think that i am an angry person that complains a lot and that's how she's going to feel and then that's how people interpret you just the way they look at you if you look like a sloppy uh you know whatever then that's how they're going to interpret how you look and and that's just a human mind so do you believe first impressions are important of course of course first impression that's the most important first impression now first impression don't get it twisted first impression is not uh based upon somebody's skin color it's not based upon somebody's religion. It's not that those things. If you look at people like that, then you need to re- reevaluate how you're looking at people. The first impressions is based on upon um, how people present themselves, the content of their character, as, as Martin Luther King would say. I mean, first impression is a gateway to obtaining a reputation, keeping a client, boosting your income. All those things rely on first impression. Mm-hmm. So um, I know a lot of barbers out there, their mindset is, well, and especially when they get a little bit of success, um, meaning that you might come into this industry and your first three clients might not have no problem with paying you what you're worth. And you smell a certain way, you look a certain way, your, your teeth is not, whatever. You're just not impressionable. But after a while, they might leave 
and give you a bad name. That's that's true. The the human attention span is eight point. I look. I just googled it. The average human attention span is eight point twenty five seconds. Eight 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 and one four seconds. You got to make an impression on somebody before they lose interest in you. Well, but, I think the other thing is. Uh, you need to go into work every day about thinking about building relationships yes. because that first impression, that's the door opener. Mm-hmm. And you're inviting that individual to walk in. Uh, why? Because, and for me, I need to have a relationship with all my professionals. I don't go any place where I'm uncomfortable with that individual giving me a service, uh, particularly uh, as we're talking about my barbershop, my, uh, uh, the gentleman who's taking care of my crown. Yeah. And that, even lawn care, anything particularly, because I'm making a positive impact is essential when working in a business. Yeah, and 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 he he had hit it right on head. And you know, first impressions are important, but at the same time, consistency is important. Right. If mm-hmm. just because you show up one time and I and I, you know I look good, I'm dressed up. The next five times you come in, I got sweatpants with holes on them and dirt. You're gonna assume that that was just a rare occasion. Well, I, got, I think I think you got to remember, I'm going to be sitting there for 30 minutes, so I'm observing a lot of things. I'm processing a lot of information. You're like a point guard. You've seen the whole floor. Don't yeah. You? Yeah, you've seen the whole floor. You're right. You're staring the ship. Yeah. You're the yeah. captain. And there's not much you can do in that chair holding still except play I spy. <laughs> <laughs> just hope they don't mess you up. What do you think, Jordan? Hearing what we just talked about, you probably had the least experience in coming out of school the past six months. Um, what do you think about what you just heard? Personal image. I mean, I've always felt like I've had a pretty good professional image. So I mean, every time I first like my like my first time cutting somebody's hair, so I, I always try to you know keep on contact with them, ask them repeatedly what they would like and what they didn't like if from the past from certain people that they didn't have before or from the person that cut them before, and uh, I always try to just make people happy based off my questions I ask them. So. It's kind of like um, just. Well, let me help you a little bit. What you're talking about is after they have initially sat down in your chair. Mm-hmm. But the professional image is how they perceive you, not how you perceive them. Because the part where you're talking about is making them feel real special, like a king for the day, which is phenomenal. Yeah, That's the next level to it. But you have to segue to the point when they're walking in and they seeing you and other barbers around you. Because when people come into a shop and they see hair on the floor, they, their first impression is, man, that place is dirty. Nothing else. We've been at, I'll never forget that shop in Nashville. It's a nasty shop. I ain't never gonna say the name of it, but oh my goodness. If you're somebody in Nashville, if you're in Nashville and you're a barber, I want you to look around your shop. If, if your shop is messy and disgusting, it might be the shop I'm talking about. And, and the thing is too, what also you have to look about with professionals, I'll jump on that is, not, it's not necessarily you, but it's if barbers around you have a bad professional image, that affects you too. That attitude's contagious. If he ain't gonna clean the toilet, why would I clean the toilet? Yeah. If he don't sweep his floor, why do I need to sweep my floor? And well, the perception is, man, and it's some just selfish barbers. Just selfish barbers. They know that you are a clean barber, they know that you're doing things right, but I guess it's just home training or just how they were brought up or just some things that was innately in them. Money, 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 money. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you I had know, a ring out of play. <laughs> you know, you one, of, one, of, one of my experiences um, uh, with a barber I had who I really enjoyed going there, I'd walk in the door and either he, if it was in the winter, walk up and, you know, uh, take my coat off, he put it in the closet. Right. You know, Craig used the term, you know, came for a day. 
and he had a receptionist. If he didn't do it, uh, she did it, you know. And then I was sitting there. I knew that, you know, I was. I knew what my time was. He was always clean and sharp, and I'll add to it. Um, he was a pretty fit guy. So I was really comfortable going there and and, and keying in on what uh, Craig was just saying. Yeah, I felt like keying for the day for about 30 minutes until <laughs> I got back out in the world. I mean, it's just real important because why should barbers have a thorough understanding of professional image? Because clients rely on barbers to be their best. Absolutely. But you got to remember, uh, that's one of the more personal places we as men go we we let down our we put our armor down mm -hmm. i mean uh, we just come in and and we want to totally relax and the more you can do that and and the more that that uh, individual the client is is comfortable in doing that and looking at and having respect for you the better the experience it builds trust it builds trust it helps yeah. repeated clientele Repeated clientele, so much so that, uh, you know, often I become quasi-friends and I start talking about some of my issues and have a good conversation. I mean, go ahead, I'm I'm right. Well, not to degrade the, the emotions and, and, and stress it is to, to be a female in this world, but at the same time, for men to be able to come in and do something like that is, is, is difficult. And it has to be, uh, it's a very sensitive environment. It has to be very conducive for a man to be able to, to, to let loose, to kick back. You know, just to, to be able to, to feel comfortable enough to that he's going to be taken care of. That's that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, I, I, you're definitely right. I think the other thing, uh, corporate image, uh, it hasn't come up yet. It probably will. But it's about the atmosphere you have in there. What kind of language uh, is oh, going man. on? You've got uh, maybe 10 or a few guys sitting around. And, of course, everything's going to go to sports. But there may be times when you have to step up and say, oh, gentlemen, let me uh, let me kind of interrupt here. You know, we don't use that language or we need to stay on this subject or off of that subject kind of thing. And that is so important. That is so important because a lot of times scenario will happen. Um, we love all types of music. We love all types of music, but we know at certain times that there's music that cannot be played because it will just mess the feng shui up of the whole shop. Mm -hmm. Your clients, your clients' kids, or just anybody who don't want to listen to cuss words. And what typically happens is one barber comes in early, he'll turn the music up and put it on the station knowing that it's derogatory. And as soon as an adult comes in, he will drop his head or go to the bathroom. So that way it looks like if just basically you in there by yourself will just have this music on. And while you're working, sometimes it's hard to catch the flow of the music because you just listen to the rhythm and the beats at times. Yeah, when you cut in hair, sometimes, I mean, a whole movie. I, I, I put a movie on for clients to watch and, and looked up and the movie was over. And I, then, like, when the movie in. I have a music I have music and a movie playing at the same time. Or I'll have them play my uh, my PlayStation or something. <laughs> but but understand that when you when you when you play music, you have to play music music that's universal. Music that's that's universal for everyone. That's not going to be annoying for anybody. To and hear. you you can't just play it because you like it. I do that though. <laughs> I would say I do that too. You know, sometimes I mean, yeah, am I? I mean, he's being true, honest. Right. Uh, but what what we're saying is, yeah, we have to be conscious of that. And right. We want to put we want to put on something that's soothing and comfortable, maybe to the point that it's not even the most popular. It just puts people in that nice that soothing place at ease. Yeah. Because there are consequences. Right. A lot of. I ain't a lot. The person I go to is Drake. 
Drake. Uncensored Drake. Drake is very chill. Very chill. In my opinion. You said censored or uncensored? Censored Drake. Okay. I remember uh, my father didn't like rap music very much. He's a very religious father, and he did not care for rap music. And I remember I bought my first CD, and I talked him into buying Kanye West late registration. Now Kanye West at the time was very soulful, you know, and his and and that was one rapper me and my dad could get along with. I knew that he would listen to, and I could listen to, and I could have a good time. He could have a good time. All right. So what happens when the cuss word comes on? What does he? What did he say? Uh, he'd be like, oh. <laughs> She'd be like, boy, cut that mess off. I'd be like, yeah, hold on, Dad. Let, let the song finish. You're going to like this part. This part's good. <laughs> uh, but like we were saying, just segueing, the consequences now are loss of clients, poor reputation, loss of income. I mean, let that resonate with you. Well, loss of income is going to be a result of, of the other two. You already, if you lose anything, you lose the money. You lose income, you lose clients, you lose your reputation, your money's going to lose going but down. Something as simple as professional image will prevent or help a barber go to the next level. And they don't even know that. It doesn't cost much. It's not heavy. It's not hard work. It's just guarding yourself and looking yourself in the mirror and seeing are you presentable. And you can still make it comfortable. You can still customize it to you. Yes. It doesn't have to be, you You know, you got the prototypical thought of, of you know, we'll say to the extreme, I would say the, to the most extreme, you're cutting hair in a suit. It, just because you're wearing a suit don't mean it, it can't be a fly suit. Don't right. mean it, you can't, you know, match it up. It doesn't have to be a tuxedo. What you got to say, Jordan? <laughs> I just think, well, in my opinion, I just think a suit would be too uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be a suit. I mean, yeah, you're right, but I'm just saying, like, in general. But, I mean, typically for me, I'm just going to wear what I usually wear, which I think is, I wear, I usually try to keep myself pretty clean. But, I mean. Jordan stays with the fitted, though. So, yeah, so true story. You know, I always come with these true stories. So, I was in the school laboratory one day walking in, and this kid was getting his hair cut by a student. And I was greeting everyone and just checking everyone's haircut. And the kid must have been about, like, seven years old. And this was last year, the year before. Um... And and this kind of just helped me just keep my feet to the fire and just kind of helped me set my standards, just keep it really high. The kid said when I was walking by, he said, man, look at Craig. Every time I see him, he's always dressed in a suit. And I just had my, my tie, my slacks, and just dressed. But when he said that, that's kind of held my feet to the fire and let me know that I was doing the right thing by being professional and dressing up every day. And if he noticed that at seven, eight years old, Imagine what the world sees. Kids, kids notice everything, but then so do adults as well. Right. The old adage, they'll be what they see. So uh, you stand out in that sense. One of the things that, uh, you know, just as, as a client going in and out, uh, I observe uh, the footwear that individuals uh, have on. Now, it's important to have comfortable shoes, no question. Yeah. But they got to be clean. And uh, if they're if they're black and have an opportunity for a little bit of a shine, hey, put it on there. You want to stand out. Like Craig just gave that little analogy of having his tie on and the boy saying that. Obviously, the boy didn't see that a lot, but that gave him a mental image that this boy is going to care for a long time in a positive way. Right, and that just kind of helped me just, like I said, hold myself to another standard that I, that I hold myself to anyway. <clears throat> but I'm like, I have to represent him as well because I want him to start thinking of that professional image at a young age. And, and, and when you're when you're dressing like that in front of people that look like you sometimes, that might inspire them to say, you know, maybe I can look like that. And then that that creates a positive image in their mind of what a suit actually is. Yep. So 
part of professional image is hygiene. What role does hygiene play in professional image? It's everything. Imagine, I mean, you don't want somebody <coughs> cutting you to <coughs> stinky breath. I mean, if you ain't brushing your teeth, man, you got go over your people's faces and line the mustache up, <laughs> get some dank breath. Oh, man. I don't know if they ain't going to come back after that one. I, <laughs> I, I think it's it's major. Yeah, and, and it's hard to know that. So uh, I think Craig used the right term, uh, professional hygiene. And that may mean uh, you're going to the, to the restroom or whatever two or three times a day just to uh, check up on your uh, your brushing and te- uh, teeth and that kind of thing. I want to mention this. Um, a lot of us don't pay good attention or don't take care of our teeth as we should. Oh, that's important. And uh, bad breath really comes from dental decay for the most part. So getting to your uh, dentist uh, at least a couple of times a year, getting your teeth cleaned, that kind of thing, it's not a part of many of our cultures. But it's important if you're going to be in, in close proximity to yes. individuals. I went to the dance today. I mean, I think, <laughs> no, I mean that's the key. That's a, that's a great point. I think barbers need to go to the dentist at least once every every six months at least. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot just, of things. Just that stop by. Barbers should focus. On. I mean, we should be more focused on our general health more than anybody. Like teeth, uh, your 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 hand, your nails, your your uh, you know your your face. I mean, there's you know a lot of things that you should do to take care of your your chiro- like the physical therapy that you could do. Which I really yes. need to get into that honestly because. I mean, we work with our hands a lot, bitch. So my hands are actually starting to hurt more. And then, and then also time. showing love to someone else in a, who's in our industry. Get your toes done. Get your feet done. Go get a manicure, pedicure. Shout them out. Yes. You recommend them. They'll recommend you. For sure. I oh. mean, we, we got to work with each other. But another equal part that's equal important to um, hygiene is rest and relaxation. You have, to, you have to get proper rest. A lot of barbers just roll out of bed and just go to work and try to get there right on time just to do their perform their services. Yeah, and you know what kind of rest you need because I know that, you know, I've talked to some people and they say, you know, I, I operate better off no more than six hours of sleep. If I get more than six hours, I'm drowsy. I've heard, I've had people tell me that. That's but but if, if that's the case, at least come to work prepared. Give yourself an ample time, at least 30 minutes before work. Go to school on time. All those habitual things that you're forming at the early, early stage in your career, they're gonna follow you. Yeah, the old adage: early is on time, and on time is late. And yes. uh, if you're a real professional, you got to get there early to kind of center your mind and your heart for what you're going to be doing. And in the barber's case, he's dealing with many, many souls coming through that door, and they've got all kinds of issues and what have you. And if you can make an individual uh, feel more comfortable and have a better perspective on the world just by your presence, you, you, it's well worth the money they're paying you. They want to know they're in good hands. Uh, absolutely. Exercise and nutrition. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm back and forth. I mean, I, I haven't quit. I'll say that much. I haven't quit. Uh, I think it was. I think Mark Twain. Mark Twain said. Uh, he said, "Quitting smoking is the easiest thing I've ever done." He said, "I've done it a hundred times." <laughs> so I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. I'm. Uh, you know, just doing something. Keep yes. yourself active. Yes. Don't don't do nothing. I think that's the best thing to say. Like make a point to do. So even if it's just I'll play basketball at least once a week. Because you know? n- nutrition and exercise can affect your rest and relaxation and your hygiene. Of course. Absolutely. If you're not drinking water. <laughs> and and uh, little be known also f- affects your body odor. Yes. But, but beyond that, um, 
being a barber, you're being you're on your feet uh, eight, nine, ten hours a day. You really have to uh, condition, um, get in good state, uh, shape, because uh, you have to look down the road. This is not a profession that you're going to be doing for a year or two. This is your livelihood. This is your life. So uh, it is important, and it does come back to as Craig this this whole subject of uh, of image and. Uh, so I remember one time I went, um, we drove to Knoxville, picked up some equipment. <clears throat> we were moving some um, furniture, some barber chairs, like 15 barber chairs, other furniture. And I went with a friend of mine to help me move some furniture when I bought to school. And he looked at me the next day. He's like, Craig, man, I'm so beat up. <laughs> man, he's like you, you saw I was like no I'm good he's like what, what's wrong with you man we, we did a hard day's work yesterday but one thing I remember I'm like I act, I'm active I'm actively lifting weights doing CrossFit prop nutrition so it, I didn't need to and it took him like two weeks to recover he still hurt <laughs> he still ain't sleeping that's, that's on the side that's five years ago <laughs> and I'm like but that made me again I, I use scenarios and I use experiences and I go with it. I, I soak it up like a sponge because I learn from him. I learn from something almost every day. In that moment right there, it's like, man, I know I need to stay and keep being active and stay on my nutrition because it helps well, with I, recovery. I saw a video on Instagram of, uh, the, the, I guess he was you know, a wealthy guy. I, I can't remember his name. I, I hate to, to say somebody and not be him. But he said, okay, what if I gave you one car? Any car you want, you can choose whatever car you want, but you have to drive it for the rest of your life. You're going to, what are you going to do with that car? You're going to take care of it. You're going to baby that car. You're going to wax it. You're going to wash it. You're going to clean it up. You say, all right, that's your body. You get one body for the rest of your life. Yep. How are you taking care of it? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that come to my mind, too, is uh, in terms of corporate image, what are the, the pictures and the posters that you have on, on the wall? Uh, I know that a lot of us are sports aficionados and so on, but then I've been some places where there are uh, some fairly extreme pictures so i think it's important to have photographs on the wall that are pleasing to women to children to to everybody and gives as we've talked about that that feeling of comfort and i'm in a professional place aesthetic wise aesthetic wise thank you yes can you give us an example of an extreme picture (laughs) (laughs) since you talk about it what's an extreme what's an extreme picture i mean i would i'd probably imagine like a a motivational quote on on a mountain says something with some words and a mountaintop and saying that's true because everybody you know the quotes that we might throw around here or or laugh around everybody's not familiar with it plus every person walks through that that door you know different religion uh different educational background and we're talking about corporate image now Guys who have gone to school for, for years and gotten one, two, three degrees, et cetera, managing 50, 60,000 people. So uh, it, it's, it's about being very con- uh, conscious. I'll just go to the place of, and for me, uh, and I'm looking out here, there's one abstract uh, painting on the wall there. That's, that's very neutral. Uh, flowers, whatever, but being thoughtful, that's all. And, and that goes to the next point, stress management and healthy lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Because all of it adds to it. If your mind is less stressful, you're going to have a, your professional image is going to be to the next level. Because if your mindset is off, everything is off. Well, that, <coughs> and, uh, you know, I've been around enough. I'm very, very careful about what I put into my mind because I can't get it out. So I do not, <laughs> I do not 
look at offensive pictures and post. I definitely go to, don't go to movies that are kind of uh, offensive because I can't get it out of my mind. Right. So you want and you and and you've got ladies bringing their children in. You've got ladies coming in that you're taking care of. So it's got to be a, a very non-offensive, neutral. Soothing, neutral. That's a good term, but attractive at the same time. Yes. <clears throat> What do you think, Jordan? Jordan, I know you're kind of new into the industry and new into the game, yeah, but and you're just soaking just, it in, which yeah, is good. I'm soaking everything in. I'm just like, because I want to give my own opinion, but at the same time, I can't like really relate to a lot of it because I haven't. You still early in yeah, the game. I mean, I haven't really developed a lot. That's of it, why you're so. here, though. You give a you give a that perspective of it. So this yeah. podcast might be really helpful to you, too, so you can go back and listen to it. Yeah. And pick up some good traits because <clears throat> we might have to run this again like next week, like um chapter two, how we. It took us like two episodes to finish it because this is a major episode. And I don't think people understand how much information is in that book. And, and when you're talking to clients, yes. you're like, uh, they're like, so what do you got to do to get this, this barber license? You're like, well, you know, I got to go to school for 15, 1,500 hours. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. And then I have to do this book and I have to do chemistry, anatomy. Like, what? For, for barbering? For cutting hair? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a lot that goes into this. This is an overnight thing. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you another one that you might not think of, but... Uh, uh, my current barber, he has a uh, um, a late model car, but that car. Every time I see that car, it's not something that I would want to drive, etc. But that car is sparkling clean. It looks like somebody just detailed it the mm -hmm. day before. So this matter of professional image carries over not only that what you do in your shop, but how you how you throughout your life. Yeah, throughout your life, how you carry yourself in the community, what you look like, etc. When I say look like, I don't mean from a, a personal, uh, physical characteristic thing, but your dress and, and how you carry yourself. Thank you. Perception is reality. Exactly. Imagery. Yeah. And then one thing I think we underestimate is um, your mental health. Because your mindset is it's everything. That's very important. Very, very important. Mm -hmm. Speak on it, Jordan. Um, <clears throat> mental health is probably the most... The that's one thing I've always been really I've taken a lot of pride in because um, mentally if you're not right mentally in anything as far as thinking that you can do something that uh, you really look forward to like if you're going to like for me I knew that barbering I didn't really know that I was going to like it like that but as soon as I started it I had a feeling in my like that I was going to be like it was something I was meant to do and then in my mind I was telling myself I wanted to be the best barber so that's still what I think right now. So that's just why I cut all the time. I watch videos all the time still. So, I mean, it's just something that I'm going to take pride in and I always, always will take pride in. So you're mm -hmm. saying that your why is what stabilizes you mentally by trying to achieve being the best barber, trying to be the best that you I can so be. I want the best for, for me and my family and from people that's looking up to me. I have what, a couple of people that are looking up to me that what, I know for a fact. So, What I love about what Jordan's saying is that uh, he's growing in this, mm -hmm. and he's committed to it. He's serious, and he's working on it. Uh, none of us uh, uh, come into a field knowing everything that we need to know, but I hear the commitment, I hear the passion, and uh, he's putting the work in to get it done. So as I look at him today and I see him 10 years later, hey, he's, he's going to be on top. I remember Jordan's first day at school. I remember his first day when he trained, when he came to sign up, and it was almost to the point where it was working, and he had this some paper he had to go get, and he he wanted it so bad, and he it seemed like it wasn't going to work, 
then he, he felt dejected. Then then it, then it worked. I was like, yeah, it's going to be okay. We got you. We're going to make it work. Remember that time, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. It, was seven, it, was, it took us a couple of days to get me in there. But I was, I, was, I, was, I was so happy to get in there. You don't even know. One thing I remember about Jordan first starting is when Jordan would ask a question, this is this is something you could tell about people when when somebody asks a question and they genuinely want to know. There's almost a moment of reflection after they get an answer. When Jordan asked a question, I would say something, and then you would see him almost like go into a mental hibernation. Like he would, he is he's literally processing what was said, and he he acted on it. You know, some people ask you a question and then they ask you another question. They're not listening to what you have to say. You know, Jordan Jordan reflected on what was said. There's a bear men- mentality. He was going to hibernation. Going to hi- he's a bear, it. yes. It's <laughs> a bear mentality. There you go. <laughs> Very visual. I'm a visual learner. Uh, that was a good uh, good process, though. You're just not blurting out everything that comes into your mind. You're taking it in. You're yeah. giving some thought to it. You're going to give uh, some, important, some important information back. You know, one of the other things that uh, uh, hasn't come up yet is the matter. What print materials do you have in the shop? What kind of magazines? What kind of newspapers, you know? Yeah. Um, it's comfortable for me when I go in and I can have a nice conversation with uh, with my barber and he has some knowledge of what's going on in the world. Uh, doesn't mean that we get into a deep conversation, but uh, I like to see uh, a newspaper, a local newspaper. And those are... Those are things that uh, really add to, again, the ambiance, but uh, the comfort level within the shop. I like that you said that local paper. That's something that's kind of is taken for granted. But yeah. to, to have something in your barbershop, speaking about your local news, includes your community. It adds, it lets you know. And then also the certain material that you have laying around, you can, you can let people know what kind of person you are, what your interests are by the material that you have out, and by, by what you have to read. I mean, it's valuable because, you know, like back in the days, um, when I, when African Americans was traveling through the South, the barbershops was one of the one of the places to get information. So they had to be up on current events, had to be up on what's going around in the community. Had to be, they had to know where was a safe place to go to eat. They had to know where was a safe place to use the bathroom. So the importance of a barbershop goes so far beyond what we think of today. Yeah, we take it for granted now because we got Google. But back then, you couldn't just walk in anywhere. <coughs> And and the reason I brought that point up when you said having a local newspaper, because that's where the information is coming from. Mm-hmm. So imagine you don't know someone's coming to your town brand new and asking a question. What's a good place to eat? Mm-hmm. What's a good place to uh, what, what do I tell my utilities on those information? I think will set a barber apart. You know, that, that applies to every culture around the world. Right. right. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those things set you apart. No one where to turn the power on, knowing the number to the newspaper, knowing the, n- the number to social services. I think barbers should have those type of numbers almost in the Rolodex because people are going to come to you and ask for all types of information. And that right there helps you retain clients, helps you build your reputation, and it'll help your income because they will know, you know what, every time, if I need some information, Jordan always has it. I was at the uh, barbershop the other day and a guy came in out of nowhere he walked in. He said, hey, how you doing? I don't need a haircut. He's like, I just want to know where's the best place to eat. And <laughs> we, told him, we told him where to eat at. And when he walked out, I'm like, what a wise man to come I mean, to a barbershop. Being real. Yeah. And he, didn't, he didn't come for a haircut. He just needed information, and he didn't look for Google. He went to, yeah. he went to a barbershop. You're going to have different, a whole bunch of people from different areas. We're going to have a whole bunch of information. So that's, that's You're going to have people in your chair are really the reviews of the city. If you but, look at it. 
What that says is that individual had experiences in, uh, with barbershops where he trusted the barber and he had enough confidence to come in and, and ask that question. That's what we need, the barber review. Well. <laughs> instead of Yelp, instead of Yelp, we got, we got barbering. I think the profession of barbering uh, has really been elevated in recent years, uh, particularly in terms of, uh, I'm going to use this word loosely, uh, counseling our youth uh, with regard to tough decisions that uh, they have to make in life, some of the challenges that they face. And uh, it's kind of, it's that rite of passage. I mean, fathers bring uh, the sons in, mothers bring the sons in, and those are the first, some of the first professionals, other than doctors and dentists, that uh, a child is exposed to. Right. That, that's, that's, that's some invaluable information, invaluable skills. Yeah. Man, you know we've been on there almost an hour now. Already? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like when you're having fun, it just flies by. It begins oh. so fast. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Jordan, what do you think about this episode? I know you was kind of soaking it in. Yeah, this this episode was pretty dope, man. I like this one. I like. I was sitting there soaking in a whole bunch of stuff. I didn't, I'm, I want to like give my opinion on everything, but it's just like <clears throat> I can't. I mean, well, the thing is, you have to let people know your experience into this industry right now, yeah. and it's not that you can't, but you have to kind of give them a bird's eye view of what you're seeing, because a lot of times your opinion is just a bird's eye view of what you're seeing. So it's okay to be vulnerable and say, you know what, man. I don't know. I can't give an opinion on that. And what that does, it tells new barbers that it's okay to be at the place where you're where you're at right now, because most barbers they want to have it all at once. They want to be in school and learn how to be the best barber and grab all the perils in three months, four months, five months. So it's okay to be innocent and be transparent and be like, you know what, man, let me just sit back and listen. That shows barbers out there that you're six months out of school and you're still growing. That's what that does. So it's not a negative thing. I like that. That's why you're on the show. Mm-hmm. Because barbers out there need to see that and hear that. It's okay. You're not going to be the king of the world in three months after school, four months. You cannot shortcut the process. You cannot shortcut a year out of barbering. You cannot shortcut two years out of school in barbering. You can't shortcut three years, four, and so forth. Because everything is an experience that you cannot get to unless you, you, you reach or hit that mark, that five-year mark. Then it's something different, that 10-year mark, that 15-year mark, the 20-year mark. A lot of barbers want to get it what I've been doing in 20 years. They want to get it in, in three months. That's not fair to you. That's not fair to me. I put a lot of time and work in. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that hasn't popped up yet is a matter of teamwork within a shop where you've got more than uh, you've got two or three barbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, it's easy for an individual who's walking, they can feel tension. If it isn't, if the personalities aren't uh, connected and people don't like each other, you can feel that tension. So there should be a nice camaraderie, you know, that uh, light air that uh, um, there is uh, that involves, that's involved in a great place to work. So I throw the word teamwork out there too. It, it should be, Norman, it should be. And it's something that you hit on the nose but it just people just can't work with each other for some reason. I love that analogy, light air. I like that yeah. the way you describe the way you describe the you, room because you can feel that too. Yeah. That like you really know what right. he says that <laughs> light air. Because e- even if a barber's in the shop with you being insecure about his work and he's comparing his work to your work and saying he sucks, he don't feel like he's getting nowhere. Mm. That's bringing down the moral right. of everybody else because you're taking away from everybody else with your insecurity. Mm-hmm. If you feel that way, pull someone to the side. Don't just 
blatant that out and say, man, I feel like I'm, you're looking for that poor me syndrome, and that's not right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No, I, I then obviously I've been in that situation where I've gone in and um, uh, I said it, it's, it's, you can feel it. If it's a light air and it's uplifting, hey, that's comfortable. That's what I like. Right. The other thing is you got to remember as a former corporate guy, I only have so much time. Sometimes I'm trying to get in in the middle of the day, get in and get out. I got all kind of issues going on. Mm-hmm. I just want to have that nice, comfortable place where, you know, I know that somebody's taking care of my hair. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we we got to finish this next week, am I? Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm be here. Yeah. You know I show up. Norman, can you come next week to help finish this podcast? I'm probably going to be around. Okay. Yes. Well, um, Jordan, you're a host, man. You you have to come. You act like you. Yeah, I got I'm going. I said I'm going to be here. <laughs> you must not have heard me, but I said I was going to be here. <laughs> so, what do you think of this podcast today, am I? I mean, I like it. I think you know we're going through the book, and people take for granted what's in the book. Including the people that are supposed to read the book, right? And this way we can kind of paraphrase it for you. You know, we can we can we can kind of sprinkle in what what you what you should be learning, what's in there, and why it's going to make you better. And if you read that book, it's just going to contribute to your 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 personal gains as a barber, uh, as a whatever you you pride yourself in, parent, uh, husband, you know, professional, whatever it is, you know, it's going to make you better. And our whole goal is for students to stop reading a book just to pass the test. We want you to read the book for understanding. We want you to read the book f- to gather something, to retain something. Because I, I believe when you receive it, you can retain it. And when you retain it, you will be able to apply it. When you make it tangible. Yes. Receive, retain, apply. Quick equation. Mm. Yeah. What well said. What do you think, Jordan? Um, I definitely... Regret not reading the book, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> again, again, that transparency is good. It's important. Yeah. But uh, I mean, a lot of this stuff is not I mean. You're just not going to be able to learn it anyway without even like having it happen to you in person. T- taking so. a deep dive off the diving yeah. board and just diving to the book. Yeah. yeah. For y'all listening, I, I can attest to this. The reason that he's saying what he's saying is this man never got a moment to sit down in school. He was he mm-hmm. was probably busier as a student than most barbers are in a barber shop. Yeah, we were talking about that the other last week. That How was, yeah. did Jordan retain his clients? Yeah. How did he get his clients? What do you think about this podcast, Norman? Well, first of all, I think uh, it's a wonderful uh, podcast. I learn things. I don't care how old I get. uh, I learn something new. But I wanted to compliment Jordan. Uh, He's demonstrating he's got great character. I mean, to step forward and say, yeah, I didn't read it, et cetera. And that's another important thing, uh, to be a person of good character, you know, truth-telling, helping others, all of that. Uh, I think it's great. So my applause to you, George, in that that regard. The podcast itself, uh, I listen to the podcast uh, um, fairly regularly, not all of them. But this is very informing, informative, and uh, it was an excellent opportunity. I really appreciate the opportunity to just come in and have a little fun with you gentlemen. I think it's something different. I mean, I, I look forward to it. I know Amai looks forward to it, and we're trying to take it to the next level. He, he came today with the book, um, What Is Your Why? And that's our goal, is just to kind of give you food for thought out there, just to get the casual, the casual, or, or the, the casual, to inform you guys who are in the barber school who are having a tough time. That this is a great experience. You should, it should be a great experience. Be in love with what you do. And this is the segue point for you to being, making this your passion. Be in love with what you do. 
And this industry is so great. It's been great to me. I know it's been great to MI. And we love the industry. And we just want to give you guys some jewels, some gems to let you earn the crown. To be in a position where you were like, man, this is next level. And I love what I do. And and, and I want uh the, you know, I want people to know that I didn't just I didn't instantly have this um passion. It wasn't instant. It it was, there was a toe put in the water before I jumped in. Right. And you know, once once I felt it and I knew what it was and I learned a little bit more about it, that's when the passion came. And you can't expect yourself to to be as passionate when you really don't know anything about what's going on. Right. So give yourself some time. Yes, it's a process. And get to do th- different things outside of the shop relating to barbering. Because that helps you be a better barber and it helps you break the time that not be where not being so monotonous. Where it's not you don't seem like it's an assembly line where you just cutting, going home, cutting, going home. Do other things in the industry that's gonna make you enjoy it. Listen to a podcast, share the podcast with a friend, be an instructor, create a podcast, create a brand. Create, create some merch, create a, a pomade. Do something different alongside while you're being a barber. It's going to help ease the tension of what you're doing. And I, and I think added to that, too, is really take the time to know and understand your community. Oh, yes, big. Um, you know, what, what are the demographics of your community? Craig should smile because I have questions for him every time I see him about <laughs> demographics. Big, big, but, big. But, but know what's going on in your community. And I think he said it well. Figure out how you can contribute to the success and the well-being and betterment of, uh, of everyone around you and in your community. Yep, major. Yes, sir. Mitch, drop the beat one time. Uh. Uh, 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 uh. Barber College Success. Thank you again for your undivided attention. Brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy, JC, Crown Cuts Academy, Bristol, and Craig's Crown Cuts, downtown Johnson City. And my co host himself, number one. Am I Fields? Am I your barber on Instagram? And our co host, bringing him up through the red. He's coming. Jordan Barr, Jordan Barr underscore 52 on Instagram. And our special guest who's going to be here with us next week to finish out this chapter. Norman Howard, uh, visiting guest. And thank you very much, Craig. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Again, check us out. We enroll students every month, the first Tuesday of every month in Johnson City or Bristol. In Bristol, we have our location where we have cosmetology, aesthetics, manicuring, and barbering. Check us out. And we also offer the instructor program. Come down and hit us up. Think about this industry on the next level. Make it work for you. And check us out in Johnson City at the Barber School. We enroll students every first Tuesday of the month. Come down and sign up. We also offer the GI Bill. We also offer vocational rehab programs where you can come to school for free. So check us out. Most states, all states should have a vocational rehab program where you can go to school for free. So check us out. We offer a financial aid where you can get um, staff loans and a Pell Grant. It's important. Invest in yourself. Invest in your career because you only have it one time to do. Invest in yourself. Uh. <laughs>